Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan and David Woolman. It is 10.53 a.m. on a Monday morning. Gentlemen, how are we doing to kick off this week? Doing good, doing good. Break, bracing for one of the worst weeks of the year. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a busy one. We got, we got Wednesday coming up with National Signing Day, um, and then just elsewhere in our normal coverage, high school soccer's underway with district play and whatnot. Heck, you just said when you walked in, the Frisco district's almost halfway through with their district schedule. Softball starting. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's fun, but it's, it, it is hectic this week, especially, getting, especially with Signing Day. We're getting right to that point of the year when there's going to be like seven or eight sports going on at once throughout the year. It's, it is a hectic, hectic time. That we are approaching, but um, obviously, though, still top of mind for us, central to our coverage right now is still high school basketball. As we are, uh, I guess, down to uh, well, we're getting to the home stretch. You know, this is the final week of the regular season on the girls' side, a week that's going to be busier. You know, for some more so than others because of makeup games due to COVID and whatnot. You know, but then you have things like you know district titles and playoff bursts that'll all be decided. I got a spam risk call just then, <laughs> um, and then um, and then the boys obviously then have two weeks left but um at least for the uh, for the start of things i wanted to kind of pick up where we left off from last week as far as kind of setting the stage for some of the uh, some notable takeaways from for what transpired last week whether it was one of those district title races that got impacted or what have you um let's see Devin. you know you're playing a little bit of catch up you were out last week so just nevertheless though what um just kind of what was a uh, i guess something massive that happened on your radar um over the past uh, over the past week uh, well, to start with, I'll, I'll, I'll go with a game that I was actually at. Okay, that cool. was in Ten Six A Girls uh, Horn Tyler Legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been a, it's been a fun race all season long. Tyler Legacy uh, has been state ranked for most of the season. Uh, they entered that game twenty one and one overall. Uh, Horn came in. You know, Horn was eighteen and four going into that game. So uh, that was kind of the one that I circled for a while as, as a, a game to watch, and uh, certainly lived up to it. I mm-hmm. mean, it was a tight game. Uh, this is a game that uh, spoiler. I'll just go ahead and say Horn won fifty seven forty seven. Breaking news. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it was it was a, it was interesting. I wanted to see how uh, Legacy was going to handle uh, Jasmine Shavers, mm-hmm. who is a Mississippi State commitment, uh, one of the top players in Texas, uh, Horn standout guard, um, and they. Did a good job for three quarters. They double, triple, double teamed her, triple teamed her, uh, just do all sorts of different looks. You can tell she's getting a little frustrated because, you know, it's just it's not fun for anybody just to be harassed, you know, all the way up and down the court. Yeah. Uh, but late in the third quarter, she hit a pull up jumper, and I thought, well, that could be the start of something. Well, sure enough, she comes out to start the fourth quarter. Converts a three-point play, hits the runner in the lane, then drains the three. So she has eight points in a span of 90 seconds. And this game had not been separated by more than four points throughout. And now all of a sudden Horn is up by 11 with six and a half minutes left. Um, 
And so just really, and they were able to, to hold on from there. Uh, just, but you, you know, you kind of expect that from her, uh, you know, but you, you just, it was only a matter of time. But uh, just a huge win for Horn. Uh, that actually moves them into a tie for first place with Legacy as okay. they go into the, to the final week. Uh, Horn's actually up half game because they played one extra. But, um, you know, that Horn team was, it's not just a one-man show. Um, Delana Choice, Dodger Robinson, Vincey uh, Jackson, they're all nice players that have, that have contributed uh, throughout the year. Uh, Vernell Atmo uh, is a freshman. It's the first time I'd seen her play. Uh, she had a double-double in this game. She was really impressive, especially early on. Mm. Um when they needed somebody else to step up uh, around Shavers. So uh, just a really solid one for Horn. Uh, puts them in a position. We'll see how it shakes out. Rockwell also has just two district lo- uh, losses, but they've been quarantined, so they still have four games to make up okay. uh, here this last you know, this last week. So uh, that, that district race is still up for grabs, but uh, certainly Horn, a big moment, a big game to build on going forward. Do you have a lean on, though, which way it might be trending, whether we do get co-district champions, or is there a chance for someone to separate at the, uh, at the 11th Hour well, Rockwell and Horn play tomorrow. Okay, so that that'll be a, a huge game. And Rockwell's been kind of a nemesis for Horn in the recent years, mm-hmm. uh, but Horn did get him the first time, so uh, it should be interesting uh, there. Uh, you know, as far as tiebreakers, a three-way tie, two-way tie. Um, you know, I don't know if there's the time allotted to do any kind of plan. I think there's the, the old-fashioned coin flip in mm-hmm. terms of seating. Um, but uh, you know, like I say, there's it's it's crazy that we're in this final week. And there's still so much left in the air because, as you alluded to earlier, the quarantine situation, there's still teams that are two, three games oh, behind yeah. trying to cram all that in before the certification deadline. Uh, let's see. So where's the uh, the 10-5A championship still very much up for grabs? You got to see one, though, last week, David, that uh, that wrapped up over in, what is it, 6-5A? 6-5A. With, uh, with Lake Dallas and Grapevine, a game that you talked about a bit last week, of a very, very highly anticipated matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes the way of the Lady Falcons. So, um, yeah, so talk a bit about this game and, um, yeah, just what it was like seeing Lake Dallas now. Uh, whereas last year they, they split the district title with Braswell, they get it outright this season. Yeah. Uh, Lake Dallas uh, came in, won that game uh, 59 to 46. And, mm-hmm. and this is a game that it was just the McKenzie bus show. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're uh, point guard, stud point guard junior. And it, it was good for her to get this kind of performance, especially knowing what she went through last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, she missed all of last season because, like, ACL injury. She had a meniscus tear and MCL as well, too. So just three tough injuries right there. And she didn't even get to play one game last year. Like, she got injured in a fall league game against Denton Geyer. Mm-hmm. So in a game that, like – coming in against Grapevine, a team that was only trailing Lake Dallas by one game, entering the district standings because coming to, the, like, right now, like, both of those teams in district play, they're combined 22-2. and two. Mm-hmm. So, and so coming to this game, like, Lake Dallas, like, they'd beaten Grapevine earlier this year, 69-66 uh, in overtime. And actually in that game, Mackenzie Buss only made one field goal, and she shot 8% from the field. That, wow. That's okay. Yeah. So, obviously, so obviously that wasn't going to happen again. Mm-hmm. So, she comes out on Friday and puts up 30 points. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally, yeah. And, like, and she did it like, like she put together this amazing, like, 11-0 run by herself to start the second quarter. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, she was driving the baseline, using her speed to, you know, 
run past the defenders. Like she was hitting running jump shots with one hand right there. And so, and this is a game that uh, Grapevine actually led 16 to 12 after the first quarter. Mm -hmm. And so then she goes off for 11 straight points and then Lake Dallas pretty much leads the rest of the way. And then just to cap it off, like, you know, after that, like uh, down towards the fourth quarter, um, uh, she was uh, she was dribbling the ball down the court, and then she put makes a move behind her back right there. A grapevine defender fall like slips like four feet on the court. I saw, right there. I saw that video. It might have been Reese with the Dent Record Chronicle that yes. posted it. It's I mean you'd have thought that there was like a tornado that blew <laughs> like, blew through the arena with the the the, the, the direction that this poor defender went, um, just careening to the floor. And yeah, just what a what a highlight for Mackenzie Bus. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was game right there. Yeah. So yeah, thirty points. Um, Georgia Elliott, who had 29 the first time they played uh, Grapevine, uh, she put up uh, 15 points in this game as well, too. Mm -hmm. You know, she had a really good first quarter to keep keep, uh, Lake Dallas afloat. So, I mean... You know, Lake Dallas comes in, they win the title. Um, it's their 14th straight win, so they're just on an absolute roll right mm-hmm. now. And they've got two games left, you know. So, um, obviously, they uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how they play their minutes this week. But, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment for this program. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see now how it, uh, how it all translates to the postseason with what they accomplished last year. Now, obviously, every year's different because the draw is going to be different. They're not going to play the same teams they played last year and whatnot. So, of course. But, obviously, though, that is a team, though, at the very least, though, the expectation is to get back to where you were last year and getting back to the regional tournament. Um, let's see. On um, on my end, I um, I just kind of wanted just to offer up a quick update as far as the district title races are concerned for a few of the districts in my coverage sphere. Um, my game uh, last week on Tuesday, I was um, very, very anxious to see how this would pan out. A, made, a meeting between uh, two state-ranked teams that are vying for the district championship in, in, uh, in 5-6A with Allen and Denton Geyer. Um, Allen won the first meetings. Um, you know, it was, what, just a, just a two-point game back early in January when they, uh, when they first played. Um, both teams are ranked in the state's top 15. You know, Allen's only had three losses all season, so naturally excited to see how the rematch plays out. This um, this was not a wire-to-wire barn burner <laughs> like the first meeting, man. Geyer put it on Allen, and they put it on Allen good. This was a 65-42 to ball game, um, buoyed by a very, very strong second half for Geyer. They outscored Allen 37-20 to over the final two quarters after having, I guess, what, just a six-point lead then at the break. I mean, the story of this one was the Geyer defense. And they, um, you know, they just they deployed a press from the from the opening tip that just never let Allen find its footing. I mean, it was just getting the ball past half court was a chore for them. In fact, in the second quarter, never seen this before at the high school level, back to back 10 second violations. <laughs> they couldn't even get the ball past half court a couple times in a row against this uh, against this Geyer team, um, you know, and. I've, you know, at least from a personnel standpoint, though, you know, worth noting that Allen did have, you know, it was a little bit of a hand tied behind the back sort of situation as they were missing their starting point guard, their chief ball handler, Zoe Jackson. She was out with a finger injury. Um, she wasn't cleared, you know, by the uh, by the doctor to play. She did come back for their Friday game against McKinney, but they did not have her against Geyer. And then when you're playing against a team, though, that is pressing to the extent that they are, it, I mean, that's kind of who you need, though, to be the, the, the anchor to try to break that press is your top ball handler, your top playmaker um, and you know just the result was you know it started off like you know they committed a ton of turnovers I mean they committed turnovers all game long but at least early on they were able to stem the tide with their transition defense being able to get back and limit the damage off those turnovers um, Mackenzie Worm Laura Bello were really really strong down low as far as deterring a lot of stuff that guy was trying to get at the rim um, but then once you got to the second half though that just they kind of you know those they had some breakdowns in that respect and guy got a lot of easy baskets in, uh, in 
in transition and just kind of blew this one open. They got their uh, their perimeter shooting game going, and then um, you know kind of later on in the second half they were able to start to kind of spread out um, you know Allen and then um, kind of use their speed to you know create some mismatches and attack the basket that way. So this one it got out of hand, um, you know, but um, you know it's nevertheless though at, at the end of the day it counts just the same as the as the two point yeah. win for Allen did back um, back in January. So they're two teams now that are uh, you know I guess because of I guess Geyer's played one more game yet because they haven't had their second half buy-in district, so they're technically a half game up on Allen. But you know, both teams only have one district loss as um, as they you know look to try to I guess close out a uh, I guess a, a, a potential split for the district title. Um, it's the path is easier for Geyer, no doubt. They just have one game this week, and I believe it's against Little Elm on Tuesday. Game they should take care of uh, business in. <coughs> Allen, meanwhile, has a game left still uh, against. Um, they play Prosper this week, a Prosper team that's fighting for its playoff lives, trying to cling to that last playoff spot. And then Friday is a big one against Denton Braswell, who's in third place in that district, and played Allen right down to the wire um, in their first meeting. I want to say that was like a 41 to 37 type ball game. It was a really close game. Um, so it's no foregone conclusion that we get a split for the district title, but that's you know kind of where things are at there. Um, I was curious though, from what it might mean though, from a seeding standpoint in the postseason. And this is could be a, an interesting wrinkle to see how this all gets sorted out. So. You can already kind of see, um, at least as far as the brackets go, where everyone's going to be slotted as far as what seeds are going to go where. Um, and in a roundabout way, it actually might be more of a benefit to whoever gets the number two seed out of this district because of the way that um, things are shaking out over in the, uh, the the Grand Prairie Arlington ISD district. So that district has the two highest ranked teams in the region, South Grand Prairie and Arlington Martin. SGP won the district. They've already locked up the top seed. Arlington Martin, who I believe is ranked inside the state's top 10 or number 11 or something, or they're right in that range. They're going to be the two seed. And if form holds for those first two rounds, I believe Arlington Martin would be the opponent for the top seed out of 5-6-A in the area rounds. So in a roundabout way, you actually might stand a better chance of going further in the playoffs if you get that second seed and don't end up facing one of the 10, 11 best teams in the state in the second round. So I'm curious to see how that uh, how that sorts itself out in the uh, in the days to come. Um, over in 6-6A, it is, um, it is all wrapped up. Plano East, um, they're still undefeated in district. 12-0, uh, they put the finishing touches on the, uh, their first district championship since 2008 last, uh, last Friday. And it had to be a pretty, uh, a pretty rewarding feeling considering how it materialized because they did so by beating the team that had lorded over Plano ISD girls basketball for a, uh, for a while now with Plano. Um, and they were able to beat Plano on their home floor, 59-48. to 48. Um, It was a game that was, you know, close for a bit of the second half. And then it sounds like East defense just really took over down the stretch and just really put the clamps on, uh, on Plano. And East was able to win its 12th straight game. They haven't lost a game since December 5th. And that came against arguably the best team in the state right now in DeSoto, um, you know, and they've kind of started to restore the uh, the mojo of a team that's playing like a district champion. You know, there was that stretch, David, where they were having a lot of close wins. You know, they had to scrape by to beat Capel. They had to scrape by to beat Plano. They, I saw them in person. They had the, you know, the game winner to take down Louisville. Uh, but now, though, since that game against Louisville, they've gotten things a bit more back on track with three consecutive double-digit wins. Their point guard, Kayla Cooper's back. Um, she wasn't in that Louisville game. You know, she had 15 points against Plano. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 
kind of like like Dallas. They're um they got a nice little streak going. They're in a good way heading into the postseason, and with what this team accomplished last year, getting two rounds deep, coming a hairline away from making it three rounds in an overtime loss to Harker Heights. Um, anxious to see what it means now heading into the postseason. You know, kind of like now you guys in a in a different you know respect from Lake Dallas. Plenty has changed regions altogether. So who knows what sort of minefield awaits in uh you know those first few rounds in Region Two if they are able to do it at least in Region One if they are able to. Able to, uh, to make it that far. They have not been three rounds deep in the playoffs since 2001. So, um, you know, looking over the, uh, again, looking over the brackets, it does look like I think they would end up drawing the winner of the, uh, I guess, potentially that matchup I just talked about, where the 5 6 8 champion against Arlington Martin, I believe the winner of that game would get Plano East in the third round. So, who knows? A lot of stuff has to fall in place for that to materialize. But, yeah, East has a chance to, to keep this thing rolling into the postseason, and they now get to do so with the confidence that comes with uh, being a district champion. Man, they were fired up after winning that. There's <laughs> I some, saw some of the clips yeah, on, some social, videos media. on social media. That, that meant a lot to those girls being able to do so. And I'm sure, yes, being able to beat your biggest rival on yeah. their home floor with um, the kind of lumps that they had taken over the years to East, that, uh, that, that had to be a pretty special feeling for Plano East. So, yes, they've wrapped up the district title over in District 6-6A. Then you have over in uh, in 5A, 10-5A, I'm going to get to them a little bit later because it's a huge game this week that's going to decide a lot of stuff there with McKinney North and Wiley East. Over in 11-5A, we could be destined for a split between Newman Smith and Woodrow Wilson. Both teams have one district loss apiece. I say that because they have not played the same number of district games because of COVID stuff. I think Wilson might have, I think if the max prep schedule that I saw holds true, they've got like three games this week. <laughs> All of like, like back to back to back. It's just, it could be one of those just one of those weeks for uh, you know for them, but um, you know you could kind of see some science early on in district play that it was going to come down to those two. You know, so you look at the scores and there's just two teams that are just blowing out everyone each night out. So um, you, then you saw them; uh, they finally played on December 30th. That game went the way of Woodrow Wilson, and pretty emphatically too, it was a 52 to 34 ball game. They rematched last Friday though, and Newman Smith returned the favor in pretty similar fashion. This one was a 55 to 39 victory for the Lady Trojans. Um, you know, a, a big start for Newman Smith. They got a 20-point first quarter, built a 30-21 to 21 halftime lead, and just kind of held serve from that point forward. Got a huge game uh, down low from their uh, their post. Uh, Jada Ship, just an absolute force in the paint for uh, for Newman Smith. Um, Anaya Kadane had uh, had 15 points, and you know it's a team that's now won eight of their last nine games. You know things are starting to you know kind of fall into place for them. It's a team that went two rounds deep last year, lost to uh, I believe it was Frisco Centennial that got him in the area round. Um, but um, but yeah, we'll see how this week shakes out, but we could be looking at a split for the district title between Newman Smith and Woodrow Wilson over in 11-5A. Um, let's see, did you guys have anything else to add as far as some uh, some stuff from last week? Or Yeah, you... I wanted to, to touch on the 9-5A girls. Okay, um, what you got? That uh, as they come down the stretch, uh, first, I want to two teams I wanted to talk about. First of all, Lone Star, mm-hmm. um, who clinched the sh- at least a share of the district championship. Okay. Uh, this is a Lone Star team that was picked to finish third uh, in the preseason poll. Uh, by TABC, uh, but it was a big week for them because they played Monday. They've been catching up quarantine issues, so they had three games last week. Okay. Uh, but they beat Memorial on Monday. Uh, Memorial, who's in second place in that district, and then on Friday they beat Centennial, who's in fourth place in that district. Okay. So you know, for those that thought, okay, this is Lone Star, they really have to prove it. Well, they went out there and beat two of the top teams in that district. Um, I mean, they're just they're really solid across the board. 
with Kyla Deck and Kate Valley and Hannah Carr and Jordan Devon. Um, and people kind of forget this is a team that's had some success in recent years. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's everybody talks about Liberty this, you know, because of last year's run um, and the year before that, for that matter. But, you know, Lone Star won three straight district titles mm-hmm. from 2017 through 2019, uh, advanced three rounds deep in the playoffs each of those years. I mean, they were in the, <clears throat> excuse me, a regional semifinals last year. Um, so certainly, I think you know not to be overlooked, and I don't know anybody's going to overlook the nine five eight championship, you know, coming out of that district. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Lone Star kind of proved um, that they, you know, they deserve that that spot atop the district. Uh, speaking of Liberty, though, also wanted to mention them. Uh, you know, they were they were five and three at one point in district. Um, but you look at it; those losses were by two to Centennial, uh, by two to the aforementioned Lone Star, and to th- uh, by three to Memorial. So they were all close, but nonetheless, they're five and three. You think, okay, are they falling off? They always consist in is one eight straight, um, and it's their defense. Uh, it always this, is during yeah. their eight game winning streak. They're allowing nineteen points per game, I, and I mean, it's just you look back to last season in the playoffs and that playoff run. You know, they allowed thirty six point one points per game, mm-hmm. um, and they found a way to win close games. That's that was their mo, and that's you know, you look at that run. They beat Centennial by one, uh, Midlothian in, in three overtimes, College Station in overtime. Uh, and that's kind of what they're starting to do again. They're on that defense, uh, mm-hmm. just shutting other teams down. And then when you have a player like Jazzy Owens Barnett that can mm-hmm. take over late and, and make those clutch plays. And, I mean, that's not to say she's the only one that can make clutch plays because they've obviously all been able to – proven they've been able to do it. But, uh, yeah, that's right. Liberty, again, uh, they have an interesting game with Lone Star this week. But just at the body of work that they put together the last two or three you know, for those who that were, I guess, were might be willing to write them off early on. No, Liberty, even if they come in as the third seed out of that district, which looks like it could be a possibility, they're still going to be tough, tough, tough in the playoffs. Yeah, and if you're, hey, we'll get to them later. But whoever gets runner-up out of ten five A between, it's looking like it'll either be McKinney North or Wiley East. I mean, they're both state ranked. Yeah, but just what a <laughs> an absolute sure that would be to have to face the defending state champion in the first yeah. round. Well, <laughs> and then nine five A has you know Lone Star Memorial and and. Uh, Liberty are all state ranked, yeah. so yeah, that that first round matchups is going to be. You know, I could have a couple of really good ones with nine five A and ten five A. David, do you have anything to add before we move on to looking ahead to this week? Um, are we just talking about strictly girls? Or it's bo- up to you, man. You can go wherever you want. You can talk about soccer if you want. You can talk about uh, swimming. Yeah, yeah. We went over swimming, wrestling. <laughs> going wild, man. <laughs> the floor uh, is yours, David uh, Woman. Well, obviously. <clears throat> um, just uh, two quick notes right here. Um, obviously, uh, the Colony Boys, mm-hmm. um, you know, they they got they had to pick up some games last week because of COVID. Mm-hmm. They had to play four games in four days. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So this from Wednesday through Saturday, they were playing a game each day. So and entering that uh, entering that stretch, you know, they held held a couple game two game leader over there for the final playoff spot, and now now they're tied for the with Sherman for the last you know playoff spot coming out of 10 5 a so obviously you know they got two two very important games coming up right here um uh and then over the next week or so uh, including thursday uh hood at home and both of these games are going to be at home they got princeton on thursday and then the following tuesday got rock hill and uh the colony and rock hill played each other on saturday and it was it was a tight ball game all the way and rock hill squeaked out a 57 to 56 win wow so um <clears throat> obviously th- you know, the, it's might be the, it's probably going to be one of the last games of the regular season right there, and it's can, 
the game that the colony really needs right mm-hmm. there. Um, so obviously it's a team that finished as a district runner-up last year, mm-hmm. and so I mean it's, it'd be huge. And uh, also with the colony, um, you know they they've had like I mentioned they had some COVID cases. So uh, I went to Wiley East on Thursday, and their their girls basketball coaching staff had to step in mm-hmm. because the boys uh, coaching staff was in was in quarantine because of like co- co- uh, contact tracing. Mm-hmm. So um, like they stepped in and they actually got uh, eighty three. 62 win right there so um i don't know how much longer the the boys coaching staff is going to be in quarantine for but um you know hopefully they can come back this week and you know do what they do and and you know lead them to two more wins um and then over in 66a you got the the battle for the district title out there for between capella and marcus Mm -hmm. um and obviously capella they had like a really tough game this on uh, friday against Louisville, a team that looked like they that, that Capel won the first time around, thanks to some, thanks to a big fourth quarter by Nazir Brown, their their transfer from LD Bell during the off season, um, and it, this time around on Friday, um, Capel jumped out to a huge lead. It looks like they were gonna you know blow out Louisville. They led twenty to nine after the first quarter. Okay, and then Louisville, like you know, they're just a tough team, grinded out, and just like in the first matchup, they came back and forced overtime, and uh, they. They did that by using a 1911 run during the fourth quarter to tie it up. And then, obviously, you know, Capel, like, you know, they're just – like, they've played so many close games this year, even though they've won a lot of games in a row. Uh, they, they, they just – they're just mentally tough. They just know how to – what it takes to pull it out to win because, obviously, they're back, back-to-back district championships who, champions who are looking for a third straight district championship. Mm-hmm. And they come out and outscore Louisville 12-7 to in overtime to pull out a 70-65 to win. So I mean, there's still one game up on on Marcus, and Marcus got a buzzer beater by Nick Donnelly on Friday mm-hmm. to keep them only one game behind behind Capel for the for the district lead right there. So um, it's gonna be interesting, you know. They still got uh, two weeks left in the regular season, so I mean, I think just based on what I saw from Max Preps, that these two teams can't finish worse than like you know second in the district right there. Okay. So it'll it'll be interesting either way. It's that uh, that Capel Louisville matchup has been sneaky fun for the last couple years the yeah. two believe i believe the two last year were both decided right down at the wire louisville ends up winning both um and then this year i guess what this would be i guess what three of the past four meetings between these two teams have now gone down to the wire pretty uh, fun stuff there between the cowboys and farmers and just once again reiterating like we talked about last week there's just there's no nights off in this district nope. um so let's see so then let's look ahead to some of the stuff that we have cooking for this week what are some of the big storylines on our docket for uh this coming week um i alluded to earlier district 10 5a and you know how that district title is still to be determined. We'll um we'll get an answer on Tuesday. It'll either be decided outright or it will likely be split between McKinney North and uh, and Wiley's. This is a game that takes place at North. Um, it's probably where I'll be on Tuesday. And I'm just I'm just fascinated to see how this game shakes out given these circumstances that preface the first meeting. So they uh, they initially played on January 8th. It was a game that uh, Wiley's won this one 53 to 50. But leading up to the game though, there was a massive Massive shift in personnel over at uh, over at McKinney North because this was their first game playing without their leading scorer Amaria Fields, who um, is no longer with the program. And um, this was a this was a situation that materialized sometime between their game that prior Tuesday against the Colony and then this game Friday against uh, against Wiley East. So. 
all of a sudden now you don't have, I mean, this is Amari Fields. She's committed to Boston College. She's a two-time all-area selection for us. I mean, 25 points a game. I mean, one of the top players in the area. So to not have that now all of a sudden in your arsenal and, you know, having to now get ready for your biggest game of the season so far on the fly and, I mean, it's this North team has been interesting to monitor all season because they're giving like major minutes to three freshmen: Kalen Hamilton, Ciara Harris, and uh, Cheyenne Wooten. And it's, I mean, when you're when you're starting as a freshman, you don't get to have a traditional freshman year in high school sports. You basically have to play like a junior or senior, despite being you know two three years younger. Um, but those three have had to take on say, uh, some pretty serious responsibilities as far as kind of stabilizing this uh, this thing for North. Because, I mean, that's, again, this is now, again, 25, 27 points that you have to find a way to make up yeah. in, um, you know, in your in your lineup. And they've um, they've actually done a real, I mean, again, they only lost to at least by three points. All this, all this thing, all this prefacing that game. And, you know, maybe it was, maybe there was some shock factor in it being, the, you know, in Wiley East, not necessarily knowing how to scout a team like that that didn't have Amaria Fields and whatnot. But um, that's why I'm kind of anxious to see then how this match goes, whether that was, you know, how much of that first meeting actually holds true. You know, is it a, is it a case now where this North team, now they've had a, a bit more time to kind of, you know, figure out an identity with this, you know, with this new rotation, this new lineup. They've uh, they've won six straight since losing to Wiley, so it hasn't at all dampened their bottom line as far as staying in the hunt for the district title. Um, and yeah, and they've got a chance on Tuesday to now uh, draw even with Wiley East and create a, a potential split for the district championship, which again, like if you just, if you you would, you know, lay this scenario out there back in January that, yeah, I mean, you're going to be basically, you know, turning over the reins essentially <laughs> to three freshmen yeah. and having to now try to conquer what's been a pretty competitive district with what Princeton's done with the per- with the surge that Rock Hill's shown in the second half. And again, Wiley East, who's, you know, one of the better teams in the uh, in the state. Um, it's It's been an impressive, impressive job that North has done kind of steadying, steadying the ship despite that, uh, you know, that circumstance. So um, that's um, obviously a very, very high profile game on Tuesday. And then lastly, um, Again, we talked about it last week, David, with the logjam that's materializing in 66A boys right beneath Capel and Marcus, and it um it just got only murkier mm-hmm. <laughs> over the past week because now you have a three-way tie for third place between Plano, Plano East, and Louisville. All three of them are at five and five. Hebron, following that buzzer-beating loss to Marcus, they're one game back, and I guess now sixth place at uh, at four and six. Um, you know, Plano's come on really, really strong in the second half of district play. They've got three straight wins. All all over teams that beat them in the first half, um, Louisville, Hebron, and Plano East, all three are teams that they had to beat if they were going to hope to contend for a playoff spot. Just you don't surrender the head-to-head tiebreaker to any of those teams. And they followed through on that. Now they're... Um, They've got a big week as far as not letting that momentum go to waste because they have Plano West and Flower Mound, the bottom two teams in the district. They have them on their schedule this week, and then next week is when they play Marcus and Capel to round things out. So who knows there? Again, if they can get through this week without getting upset, then it puts them in a really good spot for those last couple of weeks just because of what they've been able to do so far up to this point. Um, and then elsewhere in the schedule, you know, East has – it's kind of reversed for Plano East. They have Capel and Marcus this week, and then Hebron and Louisville next week so we really won't know where they stand in this thing until we get to next week unless hey if they can score an upset along the way then that would obviously help their chances a ton um the big game though was friday though with lewisville at hebron um the hawks won round one of that matchup 52 to 42 does feel like lewisville starting to play a little bit better though that was right in that stretch where lewisville really kind of you know looked like the wheels were starting to fall off a little bit that first real piece of adversity that they had faced all season long but they've since you know kind of righted the ship a bit more um again so yeah we'll see but it's 
uh, just a long way to go there and just nowhere close to, I mean, there's no, there's no configuration of four teams that make the playoffs that would surprise me out of that district right now. It's a, it is such a, it's a chore to follow that one. So, um, yeah, so that's at least what is um, on my docket for this week. Uh, Devin, what is your week looking like? Uh, well, on the girls' side, um, looking at nine six eight girls, a couple of big games uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Rowlett and Garland go into that game tied for fourth place with six and six records. Uh, Garland actually won the first meeting, which gives them a slight edge there. Uh, you know, Rowlett's made four straight playoff appearances. They've been a solid team, not a spectacular team, but a solid team. Mm. Um, but it's a must win uh, because uh, Rowlett closes the season on Friday against Lakeview. Uh, who's undefeated, dirty clinched the district championship, uh, while Garland has South Garland, who hasn't won a district game. Um, so, you know, Rowlett, uh, you know, they, they, when I've seen them, they look really great at some points, and then they really, you know, they, they, they fall off. It's just the consistency, I think, is what they're going to need to rely on and, and need to have on, on Tuesday to, to win that game. Because, again, uh, the likelihood, even if they win that game, They'll have split the season series. It's still likely they'll have to play a third game later on to decide that playoff berth, but got to get there first, and that's winning on Tuesday. Uh, the other one is Saxe and Wiley. Uh, Wiley leads Saxe by one game for second place. Lakeview's already clinched, like I said. That's a very under-the-radar good Lakeview team over oh, there. Yeah. They may surprise some people when the playoffs roll around. But uh, uh, Saxe, speaking of teams that might surprise, I mean, this, this has been one of the top programs in the area for the last decade. And... Um, Last last season, they graduated a lot. Uh, graduated the MVP, the Offensive Player of the Year. Had a player when Elizabeth Woods, one of their top players, decided not to play this season. She's playing volleyball. Um, so you looked at what what they had coming back. Chrislyn Rose, last year's Newcomer of the Year. She's a sophomore, but you're putting a lot on her shoulders. But this may be a team right now that has as much upside as anybody because you were talking about the freshmen before. Uh, they start three freshmen over at Saxe. Okay. Uh, London Oliphant, Nina George, and Micah Cooper. Uh, I, you know, I saw them last Friday. I mean, they're just three very versatile players. They can all handle the ball. Uh, they got a little bit of size to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put putting them around Chrislyn Rose, who's one of those dynamic scorers in the area. And, you know, you knew it was going to take some time. And, you know, they had won 69 straight district games coming into this season, and that streak ended in the opener back in December against Lakeview. Um, but you kind of thought, okay, with this team, with that youth, give them some time. And they had a quarantine issue. So that kind of delayed them, set them back a little bit. But they've come on strong here of late. Uh, they barely lost to Wiley in that first meeting. But I think as the rematch comes up tomorrow night, uh, it's a chance to see how much they've developed since that last round of games. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all to see them win that game, uh, force a tie for seconds. Uh, you know how they decide the seeding. We'll have to see after the season. But uh, you know, again, this is a Saxe team that could be scary going forward, just Absolutely. because that, because of the upside. I think that then the potential to, to to make things happen. David, how about you, man? Um, I, I'm going to be covering soccer tomorrow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually like I know we're talking a lot about basketball here on the podcast, primarily. So. Um, it's actually a really big game between Marcus and Capel on the boys' side tomorrow. Uh, Marcus finished last season 19-1 and 2, and their only loss was to Capel, mm-hmm. which was a 2-1 final. So, and this one's going to be a Buddy Eccles field tomorrow, and so it's it's going to be interesting to kind of see how Marcus kind of handles handles this game and Capel as well too. Um, so that's that's on my docket for tomorrow, and then Thursday um, go cover Princeton at the Colony for boys basketball, um, huge game for the colony. Like I was mentioning earlier in this podcast, they're tied for Sherman 
with Sherman for fourth place in the district. It's it's definitely a must-win game. You know, Sherman's come on really strong lately. They've won three straight games, including one over the the Colony last week, virtue of a two-point victory right there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's you know, the Colony's pretty – it seems like they've got to pretty much win out the rest of the way. Um, and then Friday, I'm kind of like – kind of seen how the rest of the, you know, these Tuesday games kind of turn out as far as basketball um, because uh, obviously if you look at 5-6-A on the girls' side, uh, Prosper is holding on to a two-game lead over there on the girls' side, mm-hmm. and then they play Allen tomorrow. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that could be interesting to see how that plays going into Friday. So, like in Prosper, like they, they, they missed the playoffs last year, and then they, but they went, like, you know, they went a long way in the playoffs the year before that. Mm-hmm. And the only nemesis was, was against Allen. Yep. So, um, like, that's, that'll be a good game because if, if Prosper can spring the upset, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, the way it looks right now over in District 5 6 so Prosper's in fourth place. They're four and six. And then one game back, McKinney and Little Elm are both tied at three and six. Seven. Yeah. You know, Prosper split with Little Elm. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice here. Um, they swept McKinney, so they at least have the head-to-head there in their advantage. So McKinney has to finish ahead of Prosper in the standings. So that's their only hope is that Prosper loses out and that McKinney wins out um, with these last two games. Um, Prosper has games this week against Allen Tuesday and then Friday against McKinney Boyd, who is in last place and is yet to win a district game. Little Elm, meanwhile, has Denton Geyer, and then they, fittingly enough, play McKinney on Friday. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, there is a scenario there where I guess if Little Elm can spring that upset over Geyer, that, you know, um, they could make things interesting there. But at the very least, though, I mean, both those teams are, McKinney and Little Elm are going to need McKinney Boyd, you know, most likely to, you know, pull off one heck of an upset if they're going to upset the apple cart with this one. So it's yep. looking like it's going to be a, Prosper's in a very advantageous spot with the way that things are looking right now. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's just kind of a look at um, kind of what is on our dockets for the week. And, um, yeah, it uh, should be a fun one, guys, a, a busy, busy week that we have on the, uh, on the job this week. So, yep, that'll, uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, right around the same time next week, most likely to preview the, uh, the girls' basketball playoffs. We'll know the matchups, and we'll know all that good stuff. So, yeah, take a, take a look at that and, um, yeah, see where that takes us. Until then, folks, you take care, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.